hope that you had a fantastic Christmas and a great new year and whatever you were up to. It's, uh, it's good to be back together again, though, isn't it? A bit of routine. We all like routine, really, don't we? A new year is so often a great opportunity just to pause, kind of reflect, and set kind of new goals and set out kind of new ways of, or things that you want to achieve or do. And so maybe, maybe already you've set yourself a New Year's resolution. Anyone set themselves a New Year's resolution? No one. No one set themselves a... Surely someone. Anyone brave enough to say that they set themselves one but they've already failed? No, you're, you're probably not alone, so... It can be so hard to set ourselves these resolutions and keep them going to the end and see them through. We can set ourselves goals. We can decide to do things differently. And yet it can be so hard to do and see through. Maybe you've signed up for a gym or taken a break from social media or taken a break from certain foods or drinks. Maybe you've set yourself a reading goal for the year. Or maybe if you're at school, maybe you set yourselves a revision goal. It's like, I'm going to revise this amount of hours before my exam comes up in the summer. Perhaps your goal for this year is just to survive. It's just get through. Get through another year and exist. This morning, I want to invite each of us to consider our goal as Harvest Church. Our goal as a church together. What is our goal this year? What is our resolutions, our aims for the year ahead? Maybe you're new to Harvest Church this morning. Maybe you've been coming for decades. Maybe you come because your parents come. What's our goal this morning? What's our goal as Harvest Church this year? As I spent time thinking and praying about this, I was reminded of a story uh, and a book in the Bible that I believe God's laid on my heart for this morning. For us as a church at the start of this year. And I believe that God wanted to speak this over each of us as a church. It's time. It's time to build. It's time to build again. It's a new thing. But God's calling us to build something new again. So if you've got a Bible, would you turn to Nehemiah chapter 1? Nehemiah chapter 1. The time of uh, Nehemiah is shortly after uh, Daniel, which we've been looking at on Sundays just before Christmas. We took a break over Christmas and we're carrying on next week. Yes. And uh, so the time of Nehemiah is shortly after the book of Daniel. And the Babylonians who uh, took Daniel and the Israelites, God's people, to Babylon have now been taken over by the Persians as revealed by God to a dream to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Still a great name, by the way, if if you're wondering. And interpreted, it was interpreted by Daniel. It was this amazing opportunity where God used Daniel. And the Persian kings, in turn, encouraged some of God's people to return to the land they once came from, wanting those people recognizing that they had saved and delivered them themselves. It's at this time that some of the Israelites have returned to the land And Nehemiah is still in Persia and is a cupbearer to the king of Persia. And so let's read Nehemiah chapter 1. We're not going to read the whole book of Nehemiah, don't worry. 
But we'll read little bits here and there. So Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. And then just go down to verse 11. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of the heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me. So I set a time. Nehemiah then goes on to start building the wall of the city again. And he puts places, key people in places around the city to build different parts of the city to work together. And they complete it and they renew their covenant before God again. Just summarize the whole book of Nehemiah. There we go, done. Let me pray because we need God desperately in this place. Oh Lord, we love you and we are so glad to know you. And we're so thrilled, Lord God, that you're here in this place, Lord God. We thank you for all that you've been speaking to us about already. Thank you for all the truth that we've sung. Thank you for the boldness that we have in approaching you. Thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord God, as we look at your word this morning, we pray that each and every one of us would meet with you in a special way this morning. We pray, Lord God, as we look at the year ahead, we ask, Holy Spirit, come and give us boldness to live for you, boldness to obey you, 
boldness to honour you. Boldness to be all that you've called us to be as a church here in Alton. Bless us this morning, we ask you, Holy Spirit. Lead me, I pray, Lord God. Speak through me. Use me this morning, Lord God, as I speak your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like you to think back in time for a moment. For some of you, it will just be a few years. For others, it will be decades. And uh, I'd like you to think back to a time when you changed schools. It might have been primary to secondary school. It might have had a different name when you were in school. I, can't, I don't know that much. But uh, it might have been that you moved areas. You just knew, moved to a new school in a new area. A change of schools. Your first day at a new school can be pretty daunting. I remember going to my uh, secondary school, moving from a primary school where it felt like I almost knew everyone and everyone knew me. And suddenly you go into a secondary school of, there was 1,500 students there. And it was just like, I only knew a handful. I was like, oh my goodness, they're all massive and they're huge. And I mean, I was tall as a, you know, as a kid, but they were still even bigger than me. And I was just like, wow, this... And, getting lost in the corridors. It was pretty daunting. But the subjects all seemed new. Some of them still had the same names, but they were all new. And I suddenly had to start building friendships again. I suddenly had to start building uh, just kind of my, my place in, in, a, in a classroom again. I had to work out what set I was in and different things. Or maybe you can think of a new job, a change of careers, starting again to build friendships in a workplace, starting again to earn trust and respect among your peers, starting again with new goals, different targets or different products from what you were selling before. Well, friends, like starting a new school, like changing careers in the workplace, having to start to build again, I believe this is a year of building something new again. Of starting as a church, something I feel just like God's got something, He's birthing something new in us this year. And He's calling us to build again, to start moving forwards with greater purpose and faith this year. 2019 is a year of leaving old things behind and pressing on, pressing into the promises and plans that God has for us as Harvest Church. It's a year for leaving the hurt and pain behind of finishing dealing with past issues and moving forward. Building the walls again. Building new things again. Building something of great worth and significance here in Alton. It's time to build again. When Nehemiah heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken, he mourned and he prayed before the God of heaven. Friends, as we start this new year, you might have had a long history as part of Harvest Church, or this could be your first time with us this morning. But as we look at Nehemiah's response, let me encourage us. Let's imitate him. Had Nehemiah destroyed the city walls himself? No. Was he responsible for the broken walls? Not really. It doesn't really seem like it. And yet here was a man who took the responsibility on himself to build it himself to stand up and be counted, to believe that God could use him. Despite the challenges in front of him, he turned to God in prayer and in complete desperation. I need you, Lord. I need you. There's something that's gone wrong. I need you. 
Harvest Church has an interesting history. We've seen over the 70 years of our existence as a church some great times. I've had the privilege of being part of it for one year, but it's had 70 years of great times. We've seen people saved, healed, God break into lives over the decades. I wonder how many people here have come to know Jesus through this church. Can you just raise your hands? If you came to faith through this church, have a look around. Keep your hands up. Have a look around. That's wonderful. Praise God. God's good, isn't he? What a blessing this church has been. This church has touched hundreds and hundreds of lives. It's raised up some great young people who are now leading churches elsewhere. It's raised up faithful men and women who are passionate about Jesus and building God's kingdom in their families, workplaces, and towns and cities that they now live in. We've also had hard times, times of brokenness, times of great pain and trust being broken, times of struggle and times of suffering. And in recent years, it might well have felt like the walls have been broken. They've been knocked down sometimes. As I said, my wife Juliana and I have only been here a year ago. I've had the privilege of hearing so many people's stories of of how they came into this church, of what's happened to them in this church. It's been a real privilege. I'd love to hear even more. So if you've not told me your story yet, come and tell me. I'd love to hear it. A common theme, as many people have shared with me, is this. We love this church, but there have been times when I or we have wanted to leave, but we felt God say, stay. I love that. God said, stay. Do you know, it is a real joy that you're here, that we're here together. It's still a part of us. It's a real joy that we're here together. I'm so excited for what God has for us as a church I'm excited because if God's told people to stay, he's got great purposes and plans here. If he's called you to be a part of things here, he has plans and purposes for you here in Alton as part of Harvest Church for the villages that surround us. Do you know that God has plans for us to reach the nations? Through Harvest Church, God has plans for us to reach out to the nations to plant churches and to be blessings to the world. It's so exciting to send Lydia to Uganda. Not because we're excited to get rid of her. We're going to be so sad, Lydia, to, that you're going. We're going to miss you so much. You're a faithful woman who is just an amazing part of this church. We're going to miss you. But we're so excited to see what God does through you. You're going to be a massive blessing to New Hope and to Uganda. Amen. And we want to see many more raised up and sent out to the nations. As Lydia goes, Harvest Church goes. We go with her. She's part of us. And so as she goes, Harvest Church goes to Uganda. Friends, it's time to build again into the nations. If you're from another nation apart from England this morning, would you be really brave? I don't want to embarrass you, but would you just stand up for a moment? If you're from another nation other than England, would you just stand This is fantastic. This is wonderful. Friends, you are such a key part of us. We love that you're here. We love that you're a part of Harvest Church. We love your culture, your nationality. We love your background. 
We love that you're a part of us. And I want to encourage you to be all that God's made you to be amongst us. Bring your culture, bring your nationalities, bring your traditions. Bring them a part of us. Friends, we have a work to do to go to the nations, but we also have a work to reach many more nations in this town. Can we just applaud our friends here and say thank you? We love you and appreciate you so much. Harvest Church, it's time to build again with the nations on our doorstep. What different nations could God add to us over this year as we reach out? Maybe some Turkish additions. Maybe some Polish additions. I don't know. Maybe some South African additions. What nations is God going to reach out to right here on our doorstep? Nehemiah turned to God in prayer and desperation, and we need to do the same. We need to ask the God of heaven to bless us, to grow us, to use us in this new season. We need his blessing. We can't do it in our own strength. We desperately need the blessing and the presence of God amongst us. As we pray, we see God answers and uses Nehemiah. You see, Nehemiah wasn't just a man of prayer, but he was a man of action too. He was prepared for God to speak through him and to him, and he was prepared to answer God's call to action. Friends, this is a year to build again. It's a year to pray again. It's a year to start responding to God in action again. It's time to pray and to act. They go hand in hand. You might be thinking, okay, wait a minute. What's Nathan going to ask me to sign up for now? I can see he's going somewhere with this. What ministry has he got for me to sign up I really don't. If you want to talk to me about signing up for something, you want to say, great, come do that. But this isn't about that. This is about God wanting our hearts. That he's saying, will you follow me? Will you pray? Will you ask for me to come into what we're doing this year? But also, will you act? Will you act with boldness this year? God is first and foremost after our hearts. That we would pray, God, grant me success. Grant us favor today, Lord, as I tell others of your name and show your love, your grace, your passion for the people you've placed around me. It's time to build again. And so you might be thinking, well, that's all very well, but who can build? Who can be a part of the building then? What I love is that as you start reading through the book of Nehemiah, you'll find that the writer starts to list all of the different jobs, all of the different builders that are involved in the wall and the building of the different parts of the wall. In chapter 3, you can read of in verse 13 that the valley gate was repaired by Hanan and the residents of Zenoah. In verse 14, it's the dung gate. Great name. In verse 15, it tells of the fountain gate and so on and on and on. All the different people, all the different gates, all the different parts of the wall. And so as you read in the story, everyone has a part to play. Everyone. The building of the wall took teamwork, took perseverance, and it took different skills. You might be thinking today, well, what do I have to offer? I'm only 13. Do I have any skills to help build Harvest Church? I'm 90 years old now. I feel frail. Do I have anything? I'm new here. Do I have anything? Yes, yes, yes. 
You don't have to be a Christian for a certain amount of time or uh, be of a certain age or a specific physical ability. We're building Harvest Church together. We're building the wall that God has put in front of us here in Alton together. There's different parts of the wall for us to be working on together. 2019 is a year for building again. What does that actually mean, though? You might be thinking, well, that sounds great, Nathan. That sounds really good, but what does it mean? What does it mean? What's the bread and butter terms of how do I get involved in this? Well, let me give you five key ways that you can help build again this year. Firstly, pray. Jesus taught us to pray, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done. Pray for God's kingdom, his rule and reign to come to Alton, to come to us, to come through us as Harvest Church. Nehemiah repents in chapter 1 of the sins of the Israelites, not just himself. You can repent on behalf of us as a church. You say, Lord, we've messed up along the way. God, we need your forgiveness. Come and move in us again. Come and restore us. Come and do a new work in us. We want to turn from our old way of doing things, and we want to run into the purposes and plans that you have for us. Build through us again. Remember the God that you pray to. Verse 5 of chapter 1 says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Our God is great. Our God is full of grace and mercy. Our God is full of love towards you. Our God is full of love towards those that you work amongst, those that you visit each day, those that you spend time around each day. Despite of our, all of our shortcomings, all of our failures, he is a great and awesome God wanting to turn us from living for small worldly things to living his great adventure, Amen. his awesome plans for us. Secondly, Delight yourself in God. Delight yourself in God. God's desire is that we would be a people who love and enjoy him. That's what we've been made for. That is our greatest purpose, to love him, to enjoy him. Your biggest responsibility in life is to love God, to know and be in relationship with him. Well, what about my job? What about my family, my friends? Yet yeah, enjoy God, love him, worship and adore him. Find your delight in him and all of those things will find their true and proper place. They will find their best purpose out of a response of loving God. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love it. As we put our delight in God, as we find our just we worship him and enjoy him and know him for all that he is. He gives us desires in our hearts. He gives us true and good and right desires in our heart. You may wonder, how do I bring the most glory to God with my life? How do I bring in praise and honor that he deserves for me? Be satisfied in him. Pursue him. Honor and love him with everything that you are. Thirdly, be full of grace. Turn to the person next to you and say, be full of grace. 
You wondered whether it was a new year and I wasn't going to do that, didn't you? But No, no, we carry on. <laughs> Be full of grace. Do you know that this year, it might seem obvious, but we will all make mistakes. All of us will make mistakes. As elders, we'll make some mistakes. As individuals, we will make some mistakes. As a church, we'll make some mistakes. Let's be a church full of grace. That as we've received unconditional love and acceptance from God, so we want to show it to each other. We'll make mistakes along the way. Let's be full of grace for each other. Secondly, as we no doubt go through changes, a year in a church can just change so much in every church. It throws up so many changes. And as God moves us forward as a church and helps us to build things, things might well look different. And different people find change in different ways. They take change in different ways. Let's be full of grace for each other. As we go through changes together as a church, let's be full of grace with each other. Fourthly, work in team. Do you know, I love this church. I absolutely love this church. You're my team. I'm, I'm your team. We, we go together. It's great. It's an awesome privilege. And I love it because we get to work in team together. Teamwork makes the dream work, as they say. I love this group of people, though. We're here in Alton, and we're committed to Alton together. We're part of Harvest Church with vision and values that we give ourselves to together. It's a heart commitment to one another. Let's work well together this year. This is our team. Let's appreciate each other. Each other's gifts, each other's personalities, each other's talents. Working in team means that we get to work in team. It means that the kids' work of Harvest Church is all of our responsibility. It's ours. It's Harvest Church's kids' work. One way, and the people and friends we have the privilege to love and care for midweek are our responsibilities to love and care for. It doesn't... uh, Sorry, it doesn't mean that we all suddenly have to quit our jobs and suddenly we're, we're doing every different ministry and community initiative of the church. No, no, but we carry it together. We carry the responsibility together. It's teamwork. It's us. It's our team doing it. As we work in team, as we see in Nehemiah, some of our names may not be mentioned, and that's okay. As we build this year, it's not about Nathan. It's not about Sean. It's not about the elders doing things. No, no, it's about us. It's not about the worship leader. It's about us. Harvest Church, together. It's our team. It's not about the person who's suddenly setting up a new ministry and you go, oh, this is great. No, no, it's about us. We're doing this together. It's for the glory of God. It's about team. It's about following Jesus together. It's about obeying him and honoring him in all we do. Your or my name or our group might not get the attention that we'd like, and and that's okay, because it's about team. Fifthly, persevere. Friends, the good news is that this year, we're going to face many more trials. 
good news, right? Uh, it kind of feels like, oh, no, really? More trials? More, more difficulties? Yep. We're promised that in the Bible. James 1, verse 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. You're like, what was Paul on when he wrote this? Or James, sorry. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We're going to face many trials this year, but God works them through. That he grows us, grows our character, grows our understanding of who he is through those trials. He loves to build our character. He loves to draw us nearer to him. He loves to make us more and more fruitful and effective. And he allows trials to do that work in us. His aim is that you become more and more like Christ. We'll also face opposition. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Keep going. Our God is stronger. Our God wins. Our God is for us and working out all things in our lives for our good. Keep going. Persevere. You might be wondering, well, what does it mean for me tomorrow morning? On Monday morning when the kids are playing up, when I've got to go to school, when I'm sitting at my desk at work, when I'm uh, out, out for a coffee with someone, when I'm exercising, what does it mean? What does it mean for me tomorrow morning? It means this. Firstly, pray. As the day begins, in spare time, in times of joy, in times of trouble, pray. Pray. Pray again. Pray some more. Secondly, it means delight yourself in God. Enjoy God. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you tomorrow morning. He's with you in your school. He's with you in your workplace. He's with you with your family. He's with you. He's for you. He's wanting to speak to you. He wants you to know joy in him. Worship and find things to praise for through the day. Thirdly, you might have guessed it, be full of grace to your family, to your workmates, to your schoolmates. Patience. Uh, practice, sorry, grace always. Practice grace always. Fourthly, work in team. Back each other up. As we meet in life groups and impact groups, back each other up in prayer and encouragement, in support and love. Be quick to draw others into the team. We're not an exclusive team. We want to quickly draw others in and say, can we back you up as well? We're in this together. Fifthly, persevere. Keep going. Find your strength in God again. Remember what our Jesus has called us to here in Alton. Making disciples, transforming lives and communities one by one. It's an exciting year ahead. It's a really exciting year ahead. God's got good plans for us. As we go to Uganda, we go together. We're all going to Uganda. Lydia, you didn't realize that, hey? We're all, we're all going to Uganda. We're all in this together. This is, this is the team. Right here. Everyone's in. There's more to be added. Friends, there's more to be added this year. There's more people that God wants to add to us. God wants to reach through us. It's time to build again. 
It's time to enjoy God again. It's time to reach out again. It's time to build again. Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your great love towards us. Thank you for your passion for Harvest Church here. Thank you for your passion for Alton and the villages around us. Thank you for your passion for the nations. Thank you, Lord God, we get to play a part. Lord, what a privilege. Lord, we don't deserve that. We, we deserve judgment punishment, Lord God, and yet you show us grace and love and mercy and you draw us into your plans of your church. Thank you, Lord God, you have great plans for the young people and the children of this church, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that for the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, Lord God, you have great plans for us as a church. Thank you, you've called us into this team together. Lord, we pray that we would build again that we would build something strong and wonderful, something of just great delight to you, Lord God, in this town. We pray, Lord God, in everything that we do, Lord God, it would bring glory and fame and honor to your name. I pray, Lord Jesus, for each and every one of us. I pray for faith to rise for what you want to do in our lives this year. I pray for faith to obey you. I pray for faith to take risks for you. Pray for faith to worship in new ways that we've never done before. Bless us, Lord God. We are desperate for your blessing. We are desperate for your presence amongst us. Come, Holy Spirit, and do a new thing amongst us, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.